0: live in a way that will result in true happiness so they have a lot to offer to us today if you have questions by the way about today's topic please do feel free to message us and we'll do our best to address some of your questions also we do invite you to subscribe to our youtube channel like or share today's program as well well let's go ahead and get started gentlemen and mr strad let me ask you to begin with uh, of course this question is for both of you In your viewpoint, when you look around the world, when you look at the media, uh, with the life experience that you have, are people in society today generally happy or not? What do you think?
1: Well, I would say pretty much most of the people today are not as happy as they could be. uh, And we have various things that are taking place all around us that promote unhappiness. I think one of the major problems in society today is the family unit, uh, where it's such a breakup today, and there are so many different ideas about family uh, that I think the the spouses, children, the relationships, I I think are being very damaged, and uh, as a result of that, it has to do with the society we live in now, the things that are promoted, things that people do, social media, television. There are so many things that causes such great distraction that I really think,
2: it's a major problem to society today.
0: Okay, Ms. McNair, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, well, first oh, of all, thank you, well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be back on the program. I appreciate it. Uh, when I told my wife that I was going to be here and talking about happiness, she said, are you sure that they have the right guy? Um, isn't, shouldn't it be about grouchiness today? And I, I, she was teasing, I, I think. So, <laughs> so thank you for the opportunity to be here. But uh, I think that uh, the, the article that you quoted, um, you know, it's for real. There, there's a reason why this broad brush that's used and maybe it's a bit broad because we all know that there are people who are happy and uh, at the same time there is this there is a sense there's a almost a foreboding sense that uh, is that's what they're referring to in the article and I think a big part of it is the as Mr. Straub was mentioning there certainly the breakup of the family unit and that causes frustration and and, uh, and and strife and and grief and and all of that but there's there's another thing and i think that is that we are conditioned to complain today everything around us advertisements um conversations political diatribes all gear or uh, gear us towards being unhappy because they tell us what's wrong what we don't have what's wrong with the world how we're being shafted in one way or another so i think there's a, a movement in, in society around us there's an air of of unhappiness that's driven by by some of these attitudes
0: so conditioned to complain don't we just complain, though, and then go on with our life? Or does, is there some kind of residual from that condition to, to uh, complain? I,
2: th- I, think what, I think that it's, it's trained. In, a, in other words, I think happiness can be trained. And I think unhappiness, also, we can learn a pattern. Because that's what happens in life. We learn, we learn patterns of responding. We learn patterns of, of speaking and reacting. And I, I do think that uh, a person can learn to be unhappy by a pattern that is consistently uh, uh, rehearsed. And I think even if parents, as parents, if we rehearse mm-hmm. criticism and anger and frustration, our children learn that. And that is, that's how they, that's how, how they learn to function, mm-hmm. and, and they learned how to be unhappy as a matter of, of habit. Mm-hmm. Mr. Stroud, do you
0: have anything you wanted to add?
2: You know, I appreciate those comments. I, I, I remember
1: on one occasion I used to drive a school bus a long time ago, and um, I remember the children, how they often would complain about activities at home and, and the lack of parent-child relationships. And I agree, I think happiness and unhappiness is learned, uh, but it's based on the environment that we're in as well. Uh, I remember also once I, a job that I worked on, I had an individual who were was having lots of problems and I always tried to be friendly with him and on, I remember every Monday he would come in and he would say, man, I'm just so tired, I, I feel bad. And Before I knew it, I realized I was repeating that mindset <laughs> while at the same time I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it has a lot to do with the environment and people we're around and how those people are. You can learn bad habits even at home. And again, I emphasize family unit is so important in this society today that we have to make sure we are actually building happiness and encouraging our children in every way. There are things we can do to promote more happiness. So uh, I I think it can be learned to be unhappy, but we also have to remember we can learn
2: to be happy as well. You know, I think that there's another source for unhappiness, and that is a, a false definition of happiness. So, in other words, when, mm. when people are taught, when, when we, are, we are taught that happiness comes from material things, we're set up to be unhappy because what we find is that before too long, whatever it, the thing is that we thought would bring us happiness, we realize that it's short-lived. So, uh, I think uh, in a number of ways, our false definition of happiness sets us up to be, to be unhappy. Hmm.
0: Wanted to come back really quickly to the concept of busyness. Mr. Stroud was talking about that, or or distractions. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And it may tie in even with what you're talking about. I think so.
2: I think that's one more example exactly of of what we think will bring us happiness. Uh, Mr. Stroud, if you'd like to comment. Well, when we talk about busyness, you, you know, there
1: are pursuits that people are after that they think may bring happiness uh, whether it's uh, pursuit of money or titles or, or jobs or whatever it may be those things can be temporary they can be good if they're used in a right way uh, but there are consequences when we're not focused on uh the ultimate goal of keeping things balanced i, I think things get out of balance and it doesn't take long before people uh, uh, not in a point where they don't realize that this is happening and things can get out of control when you pursue things the wrong pursuit oh it can it can devastate you as an individual because what happens if you don't make that particular goal you, you know what I'm saying what happens if there is any failure uh, what lessons will be learned will, will we get up and keep going or will we fall down and be damaged for long term
2: you know you mentioned distractions and mr Stroud mentions distractions a little bit too and and uh, that is another panacea because for a moment when we have whether it's video games or social media or television for that matter i mean this goes back quite some time but we have such a plethora of distractions available to us that they they sort of titillate the eyes for the moment they they attract our attention whether it's the bright colors the movement the 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 games and all of that and obviously they're geared to grab our attention and so what happens is we feel for the moment we're, we're enticed by that but what happens is it pulls us away from people it pulls us away from from interactions with people and ultimately we go into a shell of our own distractions, our own world, mm-hmm. which only, truly at the end, does not lead to, to any sense of well-being, mm-hmm. doesn't lead to any sense of connection with people, it only le- leads to uh, an insular uh, world of our own that, that doesn't, doesn't make us happy, it makes us uh, uh, frustrated and, mm-hmm. and cut off.
0: How do priorities relate to either happiness or, or unhappiness, as we're talking about? Any thoughts there? you say priorities? Priorities,
1: yes. You know, I I think we have to come to understand who we are, what our goals are, and prioritize those things. For instance, in in a family unit, uh, what's the most important step we need to take to make that family happy? Mr. McNair just mentioned about the social media. It's so interesting that even little kids as, as young as eight, seven, six years old have uh, different phones and iPads and all of these things. And what are they doing? I've gone places and I, and I see it that the kids are over here and it's almost like they are oblivious to the surroundings and they're just busy. And if we don't take time, I remember a, a message I heard some time ago where the, the gentleman said, Only about one hour a week should children spend on social media now that may blow a lot of people out of the war but imagine how much time is being spent on these objects even television radio uh it just disturbs I think the mindset the attitude I really think the attitude becomes a problem because there's no communication when the communication is gone there's going to be a lot of damage to people's mindset and there's there's much study out there to say Being so active on on these internets and and things of that nature is really damaging the mind of individuals. We have to prioritize what needs to be done in a given day, each day, each week.
2: I I do think that speaks also, uh, the social media that you're talking about speaks to a false sense of happiness. Because we, we want to see how we compare with other people. We want to see what their lives are like. You know, in a way, it's almost like the checkout counter where you see these magazines that have these pictures of the, the stars and what they're doing. and you think, to, you think to yourself, "Who cares?" But at the same time, your eyes are drawn to the, to the topics because we, we do have this. This interest in what other people are like, especially famous people. And so mm-hmm. with social media, we're, we, we want to see other people, what they're doing and how we compare. And what happens is it becomes a spiral because we all want to compare positively. Mm-hmm. And, but at the end of the day, it's a battle that can't be won. And, uh, and that's why, I mean, we've seen uh, so many, there's a lot of statistics, a lot of articles that talk about depression and discouragement that come from social media and, even uh, suicide, but, but the reason is because it's a, it's a spiral of not living up to and comparing, <coughs> being able to compare positively with other people, and um, it's very destructive ultimately, not in balance. Just anecdotally, it's
0: interesting, I, I read a study recently, pretty sizable study, that interviewed young people who use social media, and they were two-thirds of them. Who responded two-thirds said that they felt that social media made them less happy they're using social media made them less happy of course we continue to use it yeah. but that's a pretty strong admission that it makes me unhappy but I'm gonna keep using it it's compelling
2: it's, it is it, yes. it, it draws you in it, 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 it's a fascinating uh, has a fascinating images and the stories we love stories but it doesn't lead to ultimately if it's uh, consumes us It doesn't lead to to real happiness. So we've been talking about happiness. Can we define happiness a little
0: bit? What is it? Uh, Perhaps what is it not? I I remember a song from the 70s, happiness is different things to different people. That's what happiness is. Is that really what it is? It really doesn't. Uh, compute for you and for me, it's different for us, or, or is there some commonality, Mr. McNair?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking, as you were saying, uh, there's an old Snoopy, a Peanuts cartoon, that uh, had Snoopy sitting there, and it was, happiness is a bowl of warm milk, you know? <laughs> so like you said, maybe happiness is different things, but if you, if you do try to step back and say, well, what, what is this that we're talking about, what is happiness, what is being happy, um, Ultimately, well, we can know the antonym is the opposite is feeling miserable, and um, so ultimately, it, it's it's the ability to have a sense of well-being, a sense of contentment, a sense of it's okay, things are fine, they're good, a sense of, of well-being. I would I would say fundamentally, if you uh, if you try to boil it, it down, and um, you know, then we can talk about well, how does that. How does it happen in different ways? Mm-hmm. But that's that's how I would boil it down. Okay.
0: Contentment, well-being. Mr. Stroud, any other thoughts about what happiness is?
1: Well, when, when I think about happiness, you, you know, I'm reminded long ago. I, I remember specifically when my daughter was born. Um, I was there. And when that little girl came into the world, it brought such a joy to me because, one, I was – I'm seeing – a family member here. I, I'm I'm a part of something special, and I think uh, when we talk about happiness, what are the things that we can accomplish that are positive, that brings joy to others, that helps others? What are some of the things that we can do? I think helping and serving and caring for others and and helping others to be happy. Uh, I I like to kind of define it in that manner. When when I see someone else happy and and it's from some type of influence or encouragement, Uh, I I think happiness is is just being a part of the overall picture to see everybody else feel the same way, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, know, it's just, I I like to use the word joy, you know, to see someone else happy and served and
2: helped and Mm -hmm. uh, cared in that way. I, I, I put it in those terms as well. Okay. You know what you're talking about a little bit, and that's is I, I I know. I mean, I can 100% concur with what you're saying as far as seeing uh, your own child come into the world and holding this precious little baby. It's a uh, there's nothing like it, uh, and, and so what you're really talking about is experiences, aren't you? Which is encouraging because that means if you if if ex- an experience uh, can lead to a sense of well being and contentment, if you think about it, um, that means that you can. You can watch a sunset and you can have a, 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 you can have a sense, a momentary sense of, of well-being. It's free, doesn't cost anything. Kids cost a lot ultimately, right? You know, but, a, but a sunset, a beautiful view, looking out over the ocean, in your backyard, looking out over on a pleasant evening and watching your children run and play. Uh, you know, it can, be, it can be an experience, a simple experience, a, a, a beautiful dish. A candle on a table at dinner it it, it could take so little if we're able to not have to covet some more grand expensive experience though that can bring a momentary sense of well-being certainly those you know knockout experiences but Mm -hmm. but little small experiences are uh, all provide a way that we can we can be able to have a sense of well-being in the moment uh, if we are trained, if we can train ourselves to mm-hmm. to actually appreciate and look for mm-hmm. the, the well-being of the moment. Mm-hmm.
1: Can I add something to what he just said? Sure. You know, he mentioned he mentioned the sunset. Where I live right now, uh, there are not many lights around. So at night, I get a very clear view. And if the, if the stars are in plentiful, I want to tell you something. There is nothing more encouraging than that because it not only you not only see the stars but you have to watch the stars or watch the sunset and your mind begin to wander and move about in various ways and before you know it you're thinking about things that really do bring happiness and and i think that's what's missing you know the natural world the natural things that can bring happiness i think but missing that what, what's the difference in, in sitting around you playing on I, iphones and all of those things versus Beautiful sunset or a beautiful night with plenty of stars. I'll tell you what—it brings more happiness than an iPhone. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I, I think that is that, that's really biblical because if you look at uh, Philippians chapter four, I wanted to to bring this out because um, very specifically Paul said to the church at Philippi. He said, "Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am." And so, for some of our listeners, they might say, Oh, that's great because I'm in Georgia or I'm in Alabama or whatever, and I'm okay. So, that's not what he's talking about. (laughs) It's whatever state, whatever state, in whatever state I am, to be content. So, there was this sense that Paul was trying to give of being being able to have a sense of well being, not based upon what we have, material things, um, but based upon our something that's inside, an ability inside to be content. And and actually just above that, you find in the same chapter, that's where in verse 8, where where Paul said, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, pure, lovely, of a good report, of have virtue, are praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So he's talking about a a mind of really of contentment, well-being, appreciation for where for our life our blessings what we have etc so Mm -hmm. i think i think it's a you know there is a a a biblically based uh foundation for the sense of being happy based on our the well-being that we can have if we can if we can learn mr stroud you just as an aside You make me a little envious,
0: but you also make me think you you live in a different area of Birmingham than my wife and I did when we first got married. We we lived 17 miles out of the city and could not see the stars because of the light pollution. So uh, you're blessed to be where you are. Let me keep going in this direction, gentlemen. You're starting to talk about some of the keys or ways to find happiness. Uh, what are some more ways to find happiness that the world even points to, uh, but maybe even some more uh, biblical examples as well?
1: well you, to- no, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reminded of Isaiah 55. You know, he says, seek the Lord while he may be found. You know, we, in in society today, we seek all kinds of things, but what about seeking our creator who created us? Don't we... Know that we were beautifully made. We've we've been beautifully made, and and when you when you learn more about the Creator and what He's doing and what His purpose for humankind is, it's so beautiful. And He says, "Seek the Lord while He may be found," and that's that's wonderful to know because God has made it very evident that He exists. Just like we mentioned about the stars and the sunset, um, how could we ever question whether there is a Creator? And he even tells us in Romans 1 that we're without excuse. Creation lets us know that there is a great creator who created mankind in his image and likeness. And that's beautiful to know that. And I think that's something we have to really pursue uh, with all of our heart. We have the tools to do it. You know, we live in a country where uh, you can get a Bible in just about any store and you can read. And the more we seek, I think the more God responds to us to help us know who he is and
2: guide us in a way that is pleasing to Him. I, and I would, uh, I would add, as Mr. Trout is saying, when we see God, when we know His plan for us, when we know what He defines as true and good and worthwhile, and we savor that and we, we, could, we, you know, we ruminate on that and we meditate on that, what happens? Well, we know why we're here and what we're about, Which leads to what? A sense of well being and stability and contentment. I I, I also think that um, when you look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, again, following that same thought, that that God tells us to focus on his kingdom and focus on, actually in the same section, on appreciation for what we have and that he'll take care of us and then focus our thoughts on his kingdom. And I think that when we, when we don't know where we're going and we're, we're distracted by this and that and the other thing, every other thing, what happens is we, we, we don't develop a sense of well-being, whereas if we know where we're going, what the future holds and we're, our thoughts are focused what happens? When we're focused on, on something, it, uh, other things move out of our mind except that, that focus point. So mm-hmm. that's part of what can bring a sense of contentment, therefore happiness, mm-hmm. uh, I, would, I would add. Mm-hmm. And I, I think also, uh, actually following that same thought, and then I'll leave it to Mr. Mr. Stroud, um, doing, by God's definition, what is good for us leads to that. So in other words, um, we understand, what, it feels good to do a job well done, in other words, to do something well and right and proper, we, we sit back and say, "I like that. I feel like I did a good job with that." Mm-hmm. Um, so doing things that are good um, that 's what Ecclesiastes chapter nine verse 10 is about, isn 't it? To do with all your might. And, and so that, the principle of, of doing something well, properly, rightly, correctly, that, that gives within us a sense of, of well-being and happiness then, too okay. You know, another part of
1: the, uh, another scripture we can be mindful of, he says, seek peace and pursue it. Mm-hmm. Imagine if if the world as a whole were, were to seek peace and really pursue it. Can you imagine what it would be like? Less stress, you know, less anger, uh, less suicide, less death from that type of thing. The problem is we don't seek peace. Uh, as we are to as the Bible tries to encourage us to do Uh, and and I think that's why we see so much stress today and and it's really sad to see it Uh, but knowledge of the Creator is vital and I think that's where we're starting to go wrong as a race of people all over the world Uh, we we don't know that Creator because he does knowing what why we were born why we're here what he has for us Mm -hmm. in the future it's vital to know that Mm
0: You know, looking at some of the comments that you've made so far, gentlemen, uh, in the scriptures you've cited, Philippians think on these things. Mr. Stroud just mentioned seek peace. Mr. Stroud, earlier you made some comments about how uh, we need to be looking to serve others or looking to give to others. You're using these action verbs, but you're using concepts that really sound like choice. Mm. Do we, as we think about becoming happy or happier, do we have a choice in that matter or is it just something that happens to us, Mr. McNair?
2: Yeah, I, I, would, I, I believe we do. I believe, as you said, uh, our, our, our mind, what's in our heart and our mind, is uh, can, can, it colors our, our world because we can be in a state of, uh, of abundance and we can be very unhappy and we can be in a state of want. And as Paul said, we, we, can, we can still be, be happy or content if we have our mind in, in the right place. And so um, I very much do believe that it is a matter of the, of the mind and the heart. I mean, even if we read in Galatians 5, we read of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Well, these are, these are uh, characteristics and ways of functioning that actually reflect a state of mind, don't they, which is through God's Holy Spirit. So if we can ask God to give us those gifts of the Spirit, give us joy, give us the ability to be patient, uh, and all the other gifts of the Spirit, what that's doing, and then, and then do our part to try to not rehearse negativity and um anger and hatred and all these things what happens is we we become the way we we think i i, I really do believe mr Stroud. Yes.
1: okay you know I, I have to go back to to matthew 6 and verse 33 again he says and and, and we need to put emphasis on this seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all the needs in life God will provide that force you know mm-hmm. think about it seek first we need to know our Creator we need to know what he is doing for us and what we're being prepared for and why man was created and when we seek God first his kingdom and his righteousness you know all his commandments are righteousness Psalm 119 172 I believe it is mm-hmm. seek first his kingdom and righteousness seek to live The way that God has outlined it in the Holy Scriptures, can you imagine what a world we would have uh, if that were the goal of every human being? Just imagine what it would be like. Uh, It's a beautiful thing, and and we're getting a foretaste of that now. We can't stop. We have to continue to make that top priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then we seek to have that relationship with everyone else. Uh, that is what the commandments are all about when you when you study them carefully. Uh, the first four introduce a relationship, building a relationship with God. And the last six with our fellow human beings. And Christ summed those up very well. You know, these are the two great commands. And we have to do that with all of our heart if we really want to be happy and, and, and enjoy peace in our lives. And, and that can happen even in a tough society. Mm-hmm
0: let's put in a real quick plug for our viewers Uh, we've been talking about this concept the kingdom of God we're actually going to cover that topic in a program in just a few weeks Uh, what is the kingdom of God and where is it so we'll clarify that even more in a few weeks if you stay tuned with us other thoughts about solutions here to unhappiness other actions we can take to be become happier. And I'm wondering if you've, you've even seen anything in the world, any suggestions from the world that suggest how we might become happier.
2: Uh, I think we've touched on a different, a few different ones. One that we haven't emphasized quite so much, perhaps, but and that is uh, uh, having a, a, a mind of, of giving, of outward concern. And I, I say a, a mind of that because we can give for the wrong reasons. Mm. You know, we can give and it can actually be be something that doesn't lead to happiness, because we're doing it out of, of a spirit of, oh, where we expect something in return. I think so that was touched sort of giving on. Giving an order to get? Uh, perhaps, perhaps, or even a sense of almost a pseudo-sacrifice-martyr um, syndrome, mm. where we, we give, but we're a little bit, um, we can almost be a little bit, bitter about it, or we can be prideful about it. So, I mean, we can do the right thing for the wrong reasons, but mm-hmm. if we are giving out of a, a fullness of the heart, as an example, I think that's something in uh, many people in many communities uh, recognize how valuable that is and, and do, do, are on the right track with that. And, and, um, and, and we'll think of, of giving as a way to actually have a sense of happiness and well-being, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Mr. Stroud. I I could I could add a a, a scripture with that in 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 when it talks about there talks about uh, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully But verse 7 of 2nd Corinthians chapter 9, I think Solidifies what mr. McNair is speaking of he says so let each one Give as he purposes in his heart What is the purpose of giving is it to serve others is it to help others you know, and, and I really think that stands out for what he said. He says, not grudgingly or of necessity, not with someone standing over you hoping to uh, beat you down or force you to do something. That's not God's way, but we give as we purpose in our heart for God loves a cheerful giver. And I know this may be referencing somewhat to tithes or offerings, but just think about that principle in giving to someone because that's what's in your heart. And I think that's what's missing in society today. We're we're more concerned with getting versus giving. I think that's so beautiful when you apply that principle.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that. It makes me think of uh, wealthy people in the world. And it's, it's, it's interesting to watch the evolution with wealthy people because for much of their life, it's all about getting, it seems. But later on in life, what do we see from a lot of wealthy people? They start to give it away. They create these foundations. They, they give money all that they've spent their whole whole life building up. They just they begin giving it away. And it's almost like they have discovered something that true happiness isn't in, in accumulating, but it's actually in giving it away. We need to wind down, but before we do that, I've got a question that came in on YouTube that I'd like to ask you or pose to you. It says, does not God's love bring his children joy? Doesn't loving God bring joy to his children? What do you have to say about that in terms of a a solution or a way to happiness? Mr. McNair? I
2: I think in in a sense that that comment encapsulates uh, the the idea that we we can't we can't make happiness our goal if we seek happiness Mm. of and by itself as our priority we'll never get it because we will dabble in, because it's selfish. And we're, we're only trying to have a feeling as, a, as opposed to recognizing and appreciating who God is, what his way is, trying to reflect his, his love and, and and reflecting the fruit of the spirit and happiness is the byproduct of mm-hmm. of actually reflecting godly love so i i think uh, there's there's a lot to be said for the comment that that um that, that happiness comes as the result not the not the cause it comes as a result of living that way
0: okay that's that's an important point i think mr stroud anything else to comment
1: yeah you know, in Psalm 119 and 97, he says, oh, how I love your law. He says, it's my meditation all the day. And that is something to think about. God's law, when you meditate on God's law, it really does teach us how to love one another in a very special way. And I think John even mentions, how can we say we love God and we have not seen him and, and yet not love one another. So when we think about God's laws oh, and, and what they can do for us and the happiness that they can bring if they are observed, if we do learn to love your neighbor as yourself and and serve others. Ms. McNair mentioned how sometimes the pursuit of things can be a little selfish if it's for the wrong reasons. But when we think about God's law, oh, wow, he said it makes me wiser than my enemies we will make the right choices we'll make the right decisions that will help us to see the importance of serving and helping others in every way that we can and that's exactly what god did through jesus christ
0: that makes me excited when i think about that because what's what is usually the result of loving our neighbor doesn't it usually come right back at us they they want to show love and respect back to us and those interactions make us happy with a final comment or question excuse me to you gentlemen as we wind down here we reflect on our conversation what is a takeaway that you would like to leave our audience with what what is a thought that you would like them to go away from this conversation with this afternoon and mr mcnair if you would mind commenting first
2: i would i would say i i believe and i i believe it's founded on the principles we see in the Bible we've just scratched the surface today but I do I do believe that one can have happiness by the way we live, what we put our mind on and and whether in small things or large, I believe that happiness, happiness is not out of the reach of, of anyone and no matter what our state uh, is no matter our our condition, our economic level, our community, what have you. Um, I do believe that that happiness is within the reach of each and every person, if we can seek God, and as we've discussed, His way of thinking, and it will it will it will then result in that sense of contentment, well-being, and happiness that we we all desire. Okay. Thank you,
0: Mr. Stroud. Final uh,
2: thoughts.
1: Okay, I, I have to concur with Mr. McNair there, and then I'll add a couple of scriptures. He says in Proverbs sixteen twenty, and whoever trusts in the eternal or in the Lord, happy is that person. That person's happy when we learn to trust in God. And also in Psalm 144, verse 15, he says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. We're talking about a relationship here, and when we have a wonderful relationship with God, imagine what the relationship can be with other human beings because it will be based on the law and the words of God and all that he's teaching us to do to have that wonderful relationship with him and with one another. And I always often say, if the relationship with God is damaged, you can just about count on the fact that the relationship with one another is damaged as well. the relationship with God is intact or it's growing, it's going to grow with individuals as well. Having God as a part of it all is vital.
0: Well, thank you for that. I actually want to come back and just use a comment that Mr. McNair made to encapsulate what you both have been talking about this afternoon. That whole idea that happiness should not be the end goal, but it really is a result of these actions that you're both talking about. So rather than focus on, I want to make myself happy, let's focus on doing these other things and happiness will come it's sort of a law. Gentlemen, thank you both for being here with us today. Mr. Stroud, thanks for joining us from Birmingham.
1: Thank you, as well, and thank you for having, having me here. I do appreciate it. Well, it's a pleasure, Mr. McNair. Thank you for being here in the studio today
0: and giving us your time as well. Thank you. And really appreciate the conversation today and the, and the practical pieces that you added to us. We, we do have things that we can put into practice and use and, and they'll work. As we look around our society today, we see an ever-increasing amount of sadness and frustration and anger and despair. True happiness seems to be difficult to attain and to maintain, but it doesn't need to be elusive or difficult to find. Ironically, the keys to happiness go against the grain of our modern society, as we've been talking about today. So much of society tells us that happiness lies in getting, getting things for ourselves. However, the Bible and even modern research demonstrate that the way to true happiness is through giving to others, sharing, going out of our way for them. You see, when we give to others, not begrudgingly, as Mr. McNair was talking about, but with our whole heart, we receive much more in return. We receive appreciation, we receive admiration, and we're left with the knowledge that we actually did something for someone to help them. Interestingly, the actions of giving to others actually increase our own happiness. And the more often we do it, the longer we remain happy. Get in the habit of giving to others and see how it feels. We challenge you to test us on this. To learn more about actions that you can take to find true happiness, be sure to watch our telecast, Secrets of Happiness. Secrets of Happiness, and you can find that at tomorrowsworld.org. And to learn more about today's news in light of the Bible, tune in each week to TW Now. Next week, we plan to discuss the ever-present issue of tolerance. Is it really the key to peace for society? Join us again next week to find out. We also remind you to please subscribe to this YouTube channel and like and share today's program. And we'll see you again next week.